So this morning I caught up with Carlton from Brunton Media and we had a great chat about Salisbury, his showcase reels, War of Worldcraft, which I now know is WoW, and yeah, just what Carlton's been up to, where he's going, and uh, how he's moving Brunton Media forward for the future and just how he can help his customers. It's a great chat as always. Hello, Carl. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? I'm all good. All good. All good. Uh, been a crazy week, but you know, that's that's life. That's that's video production. That's things reopening. That's that's all good fun. I put it that way. But yeah, no, I'm all good. Yeah, because <clears throat> just for um, the benefit of people, Carlton and I are actually friends. Uh, we've known each other for, since the, the beginning of the year when Carlton reached out to me on Instagram, and we just got chatting because we're both swords, we're based type thing. And um, but you actually stayed busy through lockdown. Yeah, I mean, stayed busy. I mean, it was kind of like self-inflicted busy, but still busy, right? Um, it was kind of like I still have a because when you're a video creator or a creator in general, you kind of have the situation where you have this urge to create, even if you necessarily like don't have a specific reason or specific thing you can create. So you kind of find something to create, if that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, I found ways to create even with the restrictions that were in place at the time. And what was the, some of the things you were doing? So, I mean, the, I mean, I launched my own podcast, um, as you know, you came on and then we flipped the table, which was interesting, uh, the following week, which was always fun. Um, but so I, you know, I had the podcast before, uh, lockdown specifically, but like I really led into it during lockdown. Cause I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity for me to, try and kind of grow my own kind of you know interview skill set and, and, and that kind of thing and also just to see whether the podcast actually had legs some other people actually would enjoy an audio-based experience um excluding everything else i do with video and etc so for me it was and it's now become an asset for me to use for adding more value to clients to have longer form conversations that wouldn't necessarily work in any other context because they you know we're not necessarily going to sit there for an hour um and have a conversation um when we can have that in the podcast terminology right um but it's also allowed me to sort of in some ways get some kind of like real feedback from my work in the respect to whether that's like clients i've worked with or people who i want to work with um or, or specific industries that i want to kind of understand more you know, specifically how do people go on YouTube, for example, um, was one that I specifically targeted, um, you know, talking to people who I see a lot further in their career than, than, than I am, you know, something I've done for most of my career, I would say is always try to surround myself with people who I think are between five and 10 years ahead of me. Um, and the main reason for that is because just through passively being around them and talking to them, you'll pick up things that they will do routine. But I wouldn't necessarily know as routine being, you know, between two and five years old in the respect to like where I am in my career in that respect. Um, so that's kind of been the main thing. And that's the main thing I was like busy during lockdown outside of like then just practicing and, and still trying to keep things moving and, and things active in that respect. And then as things kind of opened up slowly, it was then like as client work came back slowly and slowly and slowly and as we, as things open up more and more and more, the busier I get. Um, and the issue which I'm getting now is 
I have all these things I put in place as like a band-aid to content, but now I want to keep doing them because as we've discussed previously and we can get into if you want, but the only way you're going to grow anything is through consistency. So I'm trying to run a YouTube channel, also running a media production business all at the same time. And they're just, I need a 36 hour day, basically every day uh, to, to, to get anything done uh, or to get everything done that I, that I want to get done. Um, and for me, it's been like kind of in some ways now seeing what I can outsource and how, how that process is and how can I but for obviously do that cost effectively, but also then how does that free up some more of my time without reducing the, my product offering, if that makes sense, yeah. um, to, to then allow me to focus on the growth aspects of, of Prana Media um, and, and then seeing where we will be in the next year to two. So, because one of the things you, um, you've done that um, I, I think, it, personally, I think it's something you should be really proud of is you, you did some showcase reels of Salisbury and you just went out in your own time. Um, could you just give, um, just tell us a little about, a bit about those showcase reels, but also mm -hmm. why, why you're so passionate about Salisbury and the businesses in Salisbury? I mean, the, I mean, I'll give you a bit of context on, on the showcase series and, and kind of where it started and the kind of the reason for doing it, um, you know, in that respect, there is a, what I feel, you know, in this time specifically, businesses are struggling. Right. Not me specifically, but there will be businesses who are struggling. Um, and the I feel that my skill set can really help promote those businesses and help those businesses thrive. Um, you know, I mean, the original series was a lead generation idea and it still is. Um, but it mainly adds, you know, a lot of the kind of mottos or et cetera that I have running through my business and running through what I do is how can I add huge amounts of value to you? before asking for money, right? Because a lot about business isn't always about making money. Yes, of course, that's something you need to think about at some point because everyone has to eat, everyone has to pay bills, right? Of course. But a lot of the showcase series is my way to help showcase businesses that people might not have necessarily known, necessarily know about, um, but also then for me to have some leverage to be able to have a conversation with that business to show, well, look, look how well the showcase did. This is only the tip of the iceberg of what you could do with video content or content or marketing. So would you be interested in having a conversation about some of the other ideas I had, yada, 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 yada. And not every time that necessarily is related in regards to they always get to that conversation, but at least it gives me that kind of like from a base level, just from looking at targeting and, and, and specifically like my own marketing, it, allows me to consistently be in people's feeds as well so it's this like balancing out between it gives me leverage to have a conversation with a business that i may want to work with but also it allows me to stay sharp in regards to creating because i'm constantly doing it one and two i'm also in a situation where because i have content for my own feed it means i need to worry less about my own organic content because i've now kind of got a strategy and kind of things in place where just give your listeners some content that don't know you know i release a podcast every monday and then a youtube video on wednesday that's like either a review or a behind the scenes video or you know whatever that week's uh video is and then on the friday i release a showcase piece which is a basically a mini promotional video to do exactly that to showcase and introduce a business to my audience but also to do vice versa because in most cases i will give that business a the entity or the, or the showcase episode for them to post as well um 
with a credit notation, of course. And but then that kind of introduces their audience to me as well. So it works. It's a win-win situation. Um, and a lot of what I do is I try to do win-win situations most of the time because then there's no kind of someone is winning more than the other person, right? Because there's a lot of value adding being given across, if that makes sense. That's yeah, not but... always monetarily. So, so yeah, that's that's kind of like the showcase series as a base. I mean, the, the background of it was an idea I had last summer. Um, I ran it for like eight episodes, nine episodes, ten episodes, something like that, uh, last year. And then I sort of ran out of businesses, to be honest, um, to showcase. Um, so the series kind of came to a halt. Um, then I relaunched it just after lockdown and everything reopened or started to reopen to help promote businesses that were just reopening. Um, but now the showcase series has kind of become and kind of evolved into more me introducing. It's not just Salisbury based. The majority of it is Salisbury based, but there's plans in the pipeline for it to go beyond Salisbury now. So it's like um, a natural expansion. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's going to be more of a series or a more of a kind of things that I feel are important to talk about or f important to showcase. That might be a business, that might be a product, that might be a service, that might be, you know, et cetera. Um, as well. And, and then also then there's all the other benefits that I just discussed as well. Um, you know, about why to do the showcase series as a, as a, as a concept, as a you know, top down basis anyway. So when you get in, um, when you do a showcase for somebody, when they appear on the showcase reel, what is it you're trying to put across for their market? So, I mean, the it's it's hard because I don't necessarily know their market, right? And I don't pretend to know their market. But what I do know is I know how to introduce a business and what I personally, because in most cases, it's the first time I'm actually out of the business. So I basically just try in the showcase to showcase pieces or, you know, products or et cetera that they feel is important, firstly, because I always ask the business owner that I'm dealing with or the business owner that's been showcased, what is specifically important that you want me to showcase, right? You know, is there a specific product that's really important to you or is there a specific, you know, especially at the moment with COVID, it's been like, I'll oh, make sure you get, you know, hand sanitizer, that kind of thing to make sure people are aware that that's what we expect kind of thing. And, but then also what jumps out to me, what do I notice? You know, is there a nice painting on the wall or, you know, is there a, like a specific nice candle or is the lighting really cool or is, you know, is there a really nice looking mirror or whatever, you know, those little details that someone might overlook sometimes. Um, I try to then highlight and also then it kind of goes into the respect of why is that business special because of those little details and those little touches, which they do um, to help their clientele or help their customer base or, you know, et cetera in that respect. But it's also about seeing how I can take my own spin on, on their business um as well as a, as a but at a base level what is the showcase it's uh it's a way for me to introduce a business you know as a first yeah. piece of content to say this is what dave does this is what xy etc person does you know um so i think that's i think that's why in some ways it's it's had the kind of interest that it has had uh, because it is very unique in regards to the series itself and um also there's no money exchange in that series at all yeah it's, it's a completely passion project for me and a completely like value transaction in the regards to i give you some of my time 
with possible exposure and also then then it's like starting to build that relationship with that person uh, or that business to possibly have them as a client or possibly not depending um but you know and that's kind of where like add value first really came from um because it, it prove you prove the pot you prove why video is good to do before you ask for them to pay you to do it if that makes sense yeah yeah no it's, it's, it's like you know basically here's a sample of how good i can make your business look yeah. and and we can highlight specific areas for your business that will attract customers in and <clears throat> actually it's a funny way of saying i'm so confident in your brand um and confident in what i can do that i'll i'll, I'll do some of that for free yeah. and you know and then and then it speaks volumes for itself you know and i think that something which i took from very very early on in my career was what a photographer friend of mine said very very early on you know this is long before i went full-time etc was you know you have the work ethic and your work will speak for itself and let your work speak for itself because i don't nowadays i don't really sell yeah at all right i just put stuff out and eventually i then end up building a relationship with a person right mm. and then they end up becoming a client and then we end up working together or we don't depending right depending on how that relationship really is and how that relationship really builds or doesn't because there's some people i do showcases for that we for whatever reason they may not see its fit for their business where they are right now or i may or i may feel that you know the vision which there may be there just isn't something connecting there you know whether that's me and that person or whether that's they want to go a different direction and that's fine you know but the only way you're going to know that is by experimenting and is by trying and is by in some ways offering you know a tester right and offering something to try um you know it's like anything when you go to a supermarket um you know probably pre-covid now um i can't imagine they'll be doing it at the moment but you know when you were given like oh taste this wine or taste this cheese or taste this yeah whatever it was what they're doing is they're like Hey, taste this thing. Do you like it? Oh, convenient enough, we sell boxes of it. Um, you know, and just today you can get it at a discount. La 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 la. Right, and then salesmen speak to yeah. um, selling it. Right, but the initial thing was, would you like to try? That's how you start the conversation. Right, and then it becomes, oh, actually, that's really nice. Have you thought about buying wine with that cheese? Yada yada yada. You know, etc. Um, and that's kind of, in some ways, what advertising does. And what advertising, when it's done well, could do, um, because at the end of the day, it, the point of advertising is to generate you more revenue. But what parts of advertising you can never really put a finger on, you know? Oh, this paper advert that I did generated me this amount of revenue, right? Or this billboard generated me this amount of revenue, or this video generated me this amount of revenue. That's not, in some cases, that is something that you can do eventually, but that's very specific targeted campaigns, but outside of that you can't really know because a lot of it is brand awareness stuff which happens across a long period of time so then you kind of know like for example if someone's looking for video the likelihood is they'll come to me because they've seen me create video for consistently from weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks right so they're more likely to come to me over my competition because i'm consistently putting out what i what i would hope would feel high quality content um that proves i know what i'm talking about because i yeah. do it all the time um and then there's less questioning there and also with what i do with stories and what, what i do with podcast content you know i'm kind of putting my personality out there 
So whenever I'm having a conversation with a client or a new client or I meet them or, or we have a Zoom call or whatever, it's normally let's talk about your business, not, not talk about me because they already know me Yeah. because they've consumed my content in one way or another. Or, you know, there's a thousand ways you could know me, um, but there's more than enough content to know me and my personality because of the amount of content that I've done and also the amount of time I've been doing it for. Okay. Um, also, just with, with regards to content, um, because we are, you and I have discussed this privately before, but we're in strange times now. And <clears throat> with the footfall just literally dropping away for a lot of high street shops, um, the survivors are going to be the ones that adapt and the, the ones that can move forward and, and change. And so digital media content for the internet, for the purposes of the internet, is becoming more important than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and how, how do you advise your customers on this? Or when somebody comes to you, what is it you advise them? Well, I mean, I first never go out and say, this is what we could do, this is what we could do, this is what we could do. Because I want to know what they want to achieve. Right? It could be something simple, I want to make more money. Right? Okay, let's look at what do you make the most money off, just from a specific business perspective what is your biggest profit margin right um you know just picking out of the air for retail for example i sell a pair of shoes these pairs of shoes i make double on i buy them for this i sell them for this okay let's specifically look at those shoes and how can we help you sell more shoes right but also it's not just a hey i have these shoes come and buy them right it's never that that's a, that's what is known as a hard sell and in yeah. most cases hard sells never work um, what you want to do is you want to introduce the idea of I am a specific thing. So, for example, um, I'm really good at this, this and this. So it might be I'm really good for shoes. I'm really good for suits and I'm really good for you know styling. Right. Um, so if you want one of those things, here's why and we'll create content around why you are the best or why you are the expert in those fields. Right. Why do these shoes go with these jeans and why is it good to wear this shirt with etc. Right. And once we've done that, a lot of what I do is brand awareness selling, which is I introduce a bunch of brands to you or a brand or part of a brand to you. And then it's up to that business owner to then follow up on the interest that I help them have on what they do to then convert that into a sale. I'm not a like business consultant in that respect. I, I can't help. There's other people who are a lot better at it than me um, at working out where the problem is between someone being interested and actually selling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, what I do is I help this end have more interest in it, right? So if it's a specific product or a specific service, and again, like it goes in depth, but it's difficult for me to give a short answer because it's it's very custom. It's very business will be a different approach in how we go about it and also what the client wants to achieve for example i have clients who want to help their reputation stay strong and stay good and you know that's the main purpose of the content okay we'll do that a different way to if you're using it more as a promotional selling opportunity right there's obviously ways to weave in both if you're doing either but from what my found is that's why one of the first questions i ask is never how would you like to shoot a video? What video you would like to shoot? It's always, what do you want to achieve? Because once I know what you want to achieve, I can then suggest to you in my own experience, oh, why don't we do an interview with you telling your story? 
and here's why this is useful to your reputation because there's many business owners who I think who get asked the same question six times, right? Yeah. Where did you start? How did you start? Yada, 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 yada. Okay, fine. They're great questions to ask, but if you have an interview that you can just say, really appreciate you asking that. Here's a full interview on some frequently asked questions that I get. It saves the business owner time because they just send a link instead of writing a paragraph that, to be honest, not many people are going to read in depth or skim it at best. But a video is more engaging, right? I'll sit here and listen to someone talk about what they do and how the story was that they built their business on, if that's what we're doing, for example. I'm not going to sit here, and, in, in, in my case specifically, I'm not going to sit here and read a blog about that same story. There is there is positives to doing both, but they're for different things. They're for different aspects. They're for different people, and also they're for different messages in regards to like the overall tree. You can have different ways of saying the same thing, but there's a specific way you want to say it in a video that is better for that content piece yeah. than than would be in a blog or etc. <clears throat> So, just, so, so yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that actually answered your question, but uh, hopefully it did. Yeah, no, 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 it, it's, it's good because it's, it's trying to get people to, or businesses, uh, individuals, and understand the benefits of actually not, not just content, but even if they don't use your service, it's understanding the fact that what is it you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you trying to achieve? Like, and you said something important earlier. What, what is your best seller? You know, if you're a retail business, what is your best seller? And, and how can you make people more aware that you're the person to get that from? And then what else do you have? You know, yeah. um, but also just going off on a slight tangent, because you've started during lockdown getting into photography again. I mean, photography is always something that I have enjoyed doing. And I still and I still do it now. The photography account's a bit dead at the moment, but that's simply because I haven't had the time and well, I haven't okay. I don't have the time. I haven't prioritized the time to that. Yeah. Right? So I don't have the time. Everyone has the time. It's do you prioritize the time for that? At this moment, I have a lot other stuff going on that is higher on the priority list than my photography account. My photography account is my hobbyist account. It's not something I use to sell, it's not something and that's why it's a separate account. Yeah. Right? Because it's something which I literally just do for fun, right? It's my escape from corporate land for a bit, right? I don't necessarily like if, if if a friend of mine asked me, "Can you take photos of me and my family?" Sure, right? But I'm not a commercial photographer. I don't want to necessarily be a commercial photographer. I'm not as good as I would want to be if I was going to be a commercial photographer. Firstly, secondly, I wouldn't want to. And also, to be honest, in Salisbury, there's many photographers who have been doing it longer than me, who are better than me and already have the market. So mm. it would be a waste of my time and energy uh, to try and play in their market because I'm always going to be playing catch up, mm. right? What I offer is something very different, something very unique. I'm one of the only uh, solo video creators that you can work with in Salisbury, period. I am one of the only ones. Um, and I would argue I am the only one who's been consistent through the last three years consistently doing it and consistently actually doing it yeah um, in my opinion right now of course i'm biased because you know for obvious reasons but from what i'm seeing because part of my part of what i do is look around to see who else is creating and, and see what other creators there are and there is no one who is 
who for whatever reason, but that's because of their priorities or whatever, is able to and has been able to consistently create high quality content, right? Which is the important bit, it's about consistency. Um, if you want to grow anything, right? So, 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 so yeah. Yeah, um, but go no, just... I, you know, it answers your question mainly about photography. I, I love photography. No, no, yeah, no, that, that, that was just, I was just going to bring it back to the, the ph photography aspect because you've actually, um, for those of you that uh, haven't seen his photography, you've been doing some late night sunset shots and you've been getting up at ridiculous hours in the morning and doing some sunrise shots. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff that I kind of count under work because in most cases they're time lapses and they're mainly developing assets for specific projects for me to use in the future but or, or and or testing equipment. Um, so is that so, like building a catalogue? Yeah, so I basically try to have an archive of, okay, these are really good time lapses of sunrises um, or sunsets for me to use whenever I do bigger projects around Salisbury to have kind of tops and tails for videos so I don't ne necessarily have to shoot more. Yeah. Um, and also as anyone who, any photographer who shoots sunset and sunrises uh, will tell you, a lot of the time you spend a lot of time waiting and going, is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? Then it turns out not to be um, until you get that one. That's really, really good. But what they don't, what most people don't tell you is that was actually the like ninth attempt at the shot or the hundredth attempt at the shot. And then you finally got it because you got lucky. Um, but again, this like goes back to consistency and why consistency is important because you have to be there consistently to be able to get those shots because there's some nights where you think, oh, it's going to be loads of colour in the sky, and then there's none. And then there's some nights where you think there's going to be no colour and there's loads of colour. So it's it, like there's only so much you can guess and there's only so much science to it. Yeah. Um, uh, and some of the time you just have to go with your gut and say, Meh, if I get nothing, I get nothing. If I get something, I get something. Right. Um, and for me, it's more about specifically pushing myself um, in some ways to kind of push what's possible with with content that's what i try to do that's what i've tried to do for a long time um and i hope that's what i'm what i'm doing right that's what i'm able to yeah. do um is is push those boundaries on on what is possible and when when you're just with photography because um mm -hmm. is there an area what, what's your favorite parts of salisbury to take photographs of i mean like for me like Salisbury is a very interesting city. Um, obviously, like I, like the the age old the easy answer is the cathedral, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the but easy. It, it is a beautiful cathedral, so. right? Like that's the easy catch all answer. And if you ask any photographer from Salisbury, they go, "Yeah, I love taking photos of the cathedral." But for me, like street stuff, is really fun. Yeah. Um, just because I never know what I'm going to get when I go into street, um, and street is very unique. As in, stuff I get last week, I will never get again. Yeah. Or if I do, it will be slightly different, or it will be different. Um, you know, in 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 that respect. So I think it's I think it's something which, for me, street is a way for me to also switch off as well because I don't need to think as much, um, and I kind of use it, as I say as a as a more hobbyist um, look. You know, the the photography side of it is for me, literally just a hobbyist yeah. side. Right, it's not something which I'm. There's obviously benefits for me doing it 
you know, because the 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 brands are very similar, right? Brandon Snaps and Brandon Media are very similar because they both have my name, right? But so there's people who know me from my photography who actually find out that I'm a videographer and then they possibly become clients. But it's not that's the not the main goal of it, right? The main yeah. goal of it was to get back to the roots of why I got into photography in the first place. Um, because those who don't know, you know, I started with photography and then I went to videography and then went from there. Um, you know, so that's kind of why and how. So for me, I kind of used street and photography as something to help me switch off and help me not just edit, 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 or shoot, 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 you know, video wise all the time. Um, but also still have that creative itch and sort of try things yeah. um, and be a bit more experimental um, as well. So. Is there, um, I, this is an assumption type question, but is, if there, is there somewhere in Souls where you haven't had access to or haven't photo, uh, photographed that you'd love to just go in and see if there's a picture to take? Uh, I think that's a, like, there's obviously like a couple of rooftops that I haven't had access to. Yeah. That would be cool to have access to. But to be honest, the list isn't very long. Because okay. in most cases, I've like the 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 ones that were up there, I've been lucky enough to be able to do, right? Yeah. Uh, like Saint Thomas's Church bell tower is a is a is a key one for me. Um, I've kind of shot up there, right? Yeah. I've I've gone up there. Or I've I've shot up there. It's what I would argue is the best view in Salisbury, bar none. Um, and that's simply because it's the highest point in town that isn't the cathedral, so you can see the entirety yeah. of the cathedral. Which you know I, I've had many conversations with people it's like one of these things where like people are like, oh i want to go up the cathedral and take photos but of what you're stood on the thing you want to take photos of pretty much in most cases i, I was just thinking about that saint thomas's uh Beltar must um yeah because you get to see the whole cathedral and if and the other side you get it you, you literally get to see because it's slap bang in the middle of the city as well you get a completely 360 degree view you know down towards wilton yeah you know, Market Square side, all the way across, you know, and then over to the cathedral and then the hill, the hills behind, um, you know, and then over towards Harnham area as well, right? So there is literally ample opportunity to shoot any specific direction you like um, and also just get to the very, very different perspective. You know, you can see the poultry cross from up there that you that I've, I've very rarely seen, you know, I think there's only three or four photographers that I know of who's even been up there. And that includes me. Um, right. So the shots from up there are very unique in regards to, but just simply because it's not, it's not easy to get access to. Right. Um, and it's not a public area for people to get access to. So, you know, there is, and there's obviously like little, little things, um, and little areas that I would like to get access to. Like I think it's an old people's home, that has one of the best views across Lizzie Gardens and the river, and then it kind of leads down to the cathedral um, and then the water meadows area. Um, you know, but for obvious reasons, I don't think I'm going to get access to that roof anytime soon. Um, I think, is that the one on the cathedral close? Uh, it's near the cathedral close. It's just off. It's on um, Fishton Street. If you, okay. go, if you go like halfway down, I forget who owns it, but um, that's a roof I would love to shoot from. But, Again, I don't. Not think the I... old, the old infirmary, is it? I think it might be. Yeah, yeah it's like quite a square building, um, mm. but that's like the like 
the one that jumps to mind when you said, oh, is there a building or etc. that you yeah. haven't shot from that you want to shoot from? That's the only building in Salisbury I technically want to shoot from and haven't shot from. Um, specifically, that has a, a different vantage point or a different view that I haven't captured already. Right. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, if I was given another opportunity to go up St Thomas's Bell Tower, I would take it because you'll it's always just, get yeah. unique. You'll always get unique yeah. stuff. Always, uh, just because of how good that view is. Um, but again, it's it's a, it's not necessarily something which happens very often. Right. I need a specific reason, and and then I need to jump through all the hoops that it requires to to go up there, um, and also then make sure we're doing it safely, of course, as well. Because yeah. you can literally just fall off the top of it if you're not careful. Um, oh, nice. Which is which is not great. Um, not know. part of the ambition. No, not not really. Um, but but no, as I say, I mean it is the I would argue one of the best views. And when I went up there, a lot of my photography friends were very jealous um, of me going up there uh, because if you if you live and work in Salisbury and you are a photographer, that is one of the places you want to go. Right, yeah. that is that has been one of the places you know for me um why it was very special to me was because it's a place i wanted to shoot for a very long time um you know so i was then given an opportunity to be able to do so um for a project i did uh, last year um so you know that's great and i'm sure there will be other opportunities in the future as well for me to do that um when i'm working on bigger campaigns for the city and etc in that respect yeah so i think i think that it's it's always going to be somewhere that's special, though, because of that kind of unobtainable aspect to it. Oh, cool. So, I'm going to change tack completely now. Um, okay. Because a few years ago, I was about to say back in your youth, but you were about half my age anyway, um, Is you were into gaming and had a YouTube channel for gaming, didn't you? Yes. That YouTube channel still exists. Um, it's still there. All the game content is still there. Uh, to give your listeners context that may not know, my um, what I'm technically actually qualified in um, at a leaving college level um, is game development. Um, it's why I have a BTEC in. It's what I studied and what I wanted to be until I was age 18-ish. Um, but I've I'm still a gamer. I am always been a gamer pretty much. Um, Gaming-wise, I created video game content since the age of 12 to the age of about 19-ish. Um, you know, in one way or another. So that was everything from Let's Plays to tutorials to specific things, how to do things in specific games, etc. Um, but I kind of grew to a point with gaming where, from content perspective anyway, where I kind of hit a ceiling, where I was like, I kind of got to where I wanted to go. So I was always looking, and for me, I've always been looking for ways for me to grow personally and professionally. So that's kind of the natural progression into what I do now, yeah. which is basically... <clears throat> what I've been doing for years, but in real in, in the real world instead of yeah. video game stuff. Right. Um, are you suggesting but, that video games are not the real world? Of course. Of course they're <laughs> of course they're the real world. Um, but no, it's you know, I think the video game space is definitely a very, very interesting one to be a part of and very, very interesting one to be um, a content creator in. It's just personally for me I I kinda it kinda got stale because it was kind of the same formulas if you want to view, this is what you did. Um, you know, just to give some context, you know, by no means did I get millions and millions, but I still got like, I think two, three videos with 100K plus, yeah. which which is pretty good to be fair, even nowadays. Um, why and how they got is very simple. It's just, 
I had the first guides out on those things at the time. And there was, I was normally, I was ahead of the curve in the game. So I had access to content that was gatekeeped behind certain things because I was max level first. Yeah. Right? One of the first in the world to be max level. So I. In what game was this? So uh, that was for World of Warcraft. Um, so that was back in Legion, uh, the Legion expansion. Um, and basically in the Legion expansion, me and a handful of friends of mine went for world per uh, world first level 110 at the time which was the max max cap for legion um and that was a fun 37 hours i think it was um basically those to give context who don't know um every couple of years wow basically gives their audience a new expansion um and that releases new content new level brackets etc um, and a lot of the content which people enjoy about wow is the high-end max level content so with every new expansion there's either 10 or 5 levels that you get given right so if the max level was 110 it's now 120 or if it was 100 it's now 110 right um and back then a lot of my kind of it was in my best interest to do this for obvious reasons because i was trying to make youtube a thing um from a gaming perspective for to actually make a genuine career from um and i was also in an interesting position because we were in the middle of a move and etc so it didn't make much sense for me to have a job because i wouldn't stay in that job for a long um but but yeah so basically not so short we stayed up for well i stayed up for 36 hours 37 hours um something like that uh basically to go from what was then the max level to then the new max level um and do it as quickly as i possibly could i think i was 14th on my server or something to get it and i think i was like uh, 20 30 in the world i nice. think um at actually doing it so like it, yeah it was pretty good um i've thrown around the idea of possibly doing it for the new expansion um just as a like fun thing to do not even necessarily like to to get world first because there's people who are a lot better than world first races than me and yeah. in most cases they practice their routes over and over and over and over and over again on on the testing versions of the game um before right yeah so so it's it's not really fair because they know every quest they know every single route they know exactly but for me that kind of ruins the experience of a new expansion because the, new, the whole point of a new expansion is there's all this new stuff but the thing is they already know all the new stuff and they're already bored of the new stuff before it's even come out yeah so it, it's kind of this balancing out between I want to be really competitive, but I also want to enjoy the new stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And also for me, it's now become more of a hobby again. Um, and that's part of the reason why I stepped away from game development as a career was because I didn't want to have my love for it basically suck, sucked away. Um, which is what I saw in the industry happening. Um, when I looked at the gaming industry and when I looked at what was happening in the gaming industry. So I deliberately was like, okay, no, <laughs> in a, in a, in a, in a simple term, uh, no. Um, but you know, it's funny now cause I, I have more connections in the game industry than I would ever think I would have had, yeah. you know, when I was studying it, but now I actually, um, possibly working with some longer, uh, longer term game dev people from their marketing perspective to helping them with their marketing, which yeah. is, which has been really, really fun and really, really interesting because it gives me kind of a what if scenario, because I'm looking at the career I could have had, uh, if I hadn't decided to stop. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I did some kind of 
career searching after that uh, to get to the point. It wasn't just a kind of, oh, stop gaming and then go into video. No, it was, there was like three other careers in between. Um, a lot that I don't think a lot of people know. Um, so No, so, yeah. no, no. I, I didn't know it got that in depth and I know you. Um, do you still play World of Warcraft? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's something which I have a lot of friends um, that I've known for years. You know, some of my closest friends, like literally I've known one of them for probably seven, eight years now. Um, you know, I met her through WoW and we're still friends to, to this day. Yeah. Right. Um, and we, we talk, you know, a couple of times a week still. Right. Um, I just had a confession. I just realized, wow, is World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a gamer, so it didn't occur to me it's, in it's, any way, it's shape, or form. It's just, it's just, it's just shorthand because um, when you, because a lot of people when they talk about World of Warcraft, it's a long, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, it's a long, long thing to talk about. Yeah, so uh, just, we just shorthand it as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Course, no, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm, I, I completely forget to explain that to people because I'm in the, I'm in the mindset of the communities that is always like, oh yeah, we just call it wow. It's just it's wow, isn't it? It's just wow. And, I think and most I forget that people actually don't know what WoW stands for. I think when you yeah, but I mean you said World of Warcraft a couple of times, and when, then when you said WoW, I still didn't join the dot sticker because I'm so detached from computer world. You know, I don't think I've ever I've never seen the game World of Warcraft. It, it's you know I don't I don't have any consoles. I don't play computer games. Um, mm-hmm. They've just never um, held my attention long enough. I mean, I did you know a, a you know. 20 odd years ago when the first sort of Segas and Playstations came out you know and the yep. Nintendos but it was never I never got into those um, campaign games so much in fact um, the only campaign game I've ever got into is uh, Age of Empires <clears throat> and I have a oh, an old version of it that I still occasionally play and that really is just a kill time and um one kill time and two just to get out of uh, a way of getting out of my headspace if you know what i mean or getting into a headspace where i'm just not focused on anything out and yeah so that that's you no, know. absolutely i mean that's why that's why for me as well is this kind of right like in most cases I wow would be world of warcraft folks now that i know that i'll repeat that <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna be a little forever now. Yeah, but, um, World of Warcraft. Everybody is wow. Every time, everywhere I say wow, he's gonna be like, ah, ah, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know. Yeah. But uh, no, I think for me, I mean, it's this thing because as I've got busier and busier with work, I'm more and more stressed. You know, uh, as we were briefly discussing before, and we've discussed previously before as well, I find that my mind keeps wanting to push. My body's like, whoa, chill out, right? We're gonna, we're gonna have a problem here. So I kind of use WoW as that kind of disconnect because I can just literally disconnect my brain from reality for four hours or five. So, uh, so when is the right. next expansion of WoW due out? That is a good question. I wish I could <laughs> tell you because we don't know. So um, if, if if within the it's WoW meant community... To be this year. It's meant to be this year. I'll put it that way. Um, when you buy it, it says it will be here by December. Then COVID hmm. hit. So who knows? Uh so the, the the guesstimation at the moment is like late November, early December. So just um, for those in the WoW community, if you were given an opportunity to go have a little precursor test amongst you and your friends, mm-hmm. and you know if anybody from World of Warcraft is is listening to this by some miracle of chance, 
but yeah, sure. The, the, the options, the chances are slight, but not impossible. You know, Absolutely. is that something that you and you you would be interested in, or would you rather wait for it to go live for everybody? I mean, beta testing as a concept for me has always been something which is interesting to do. Um, I was lucky enough to be part of the, I think, Legion beta, I think it was. Do you say um, beta testing? Yeah, so there's alpha testing, which is internal, and then there's beta testing, which is given to selected people. Um, unfortunately, Blizzard at the moment, or Activision, depending on what and who you know them as, um, they basically use the beta test as a marketing push for yeah. the new expansion. Um, it's less about testing and more about let's give it to streamers with followings so we can get the hype going. It's good which business. I which it's I understand and makes sense for good business, but not necessarily the best thing for the product. No. Which is why a lot of World of Warcraft people were very excited about the launch of the classic version of the game because that was back in an era where the quality of the product was the core goal instead of making money. Yeah. But when Blizzard got bought out by Activision, it became, we need to make money for our shareholders instead of we need to make sure that our fan base and our customer base is happy as the main core reason. Right. I think it's still there. And I think there's a lot of people in Blizzard who still try to please the fan base but it's like this thing also now the fan base has adapted right and, and grown so it's one of these things where you're never going to be able to please everyone yeah even no matter what you do but there's like very specific things and that's why it's like this balancing out between i think blizzard did a or activision did a very clever thing by actually having an official server for the classic version of the game because it allowed the it basically made them so much money because you have to have a subscription to the to the to the newest version of the game to be able to play the old version right but with that process they basically generated more revenue from an audience base which they had basically not had because that only that that audience base only wanted to play the classic version of the game right yeah <clears throat> what they're doing by having the classic version of the game officially is they are basically monetizing that classic audience that would never play the retail version or the, the newer version, right? They would never play it because it's not, it's changed enough. And, you know, I could get into the long winded reasons about why, but you know, that that's a podcast all on its own. But um, <clears throat> it could be easily argued that that's just actually ensuring that an original client base um, has, has, has a product they can use. I mean, you and I have discussed this with businesses about businesses many times that, one of the biggest dilemmas business has is you get a core group of customers and then as your product starts to grow you start seeing a divide in your customers yep. you know because the, the you know so you go from 100 to 500 to a thousand to ten thousand you start seeing divisions in what areas people like and it's it's how you manage that process of still respecting you know the foundations of your customer base but also accommodate in the larger market and it's 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 incredibly difficult so they they probably kind of done the best they can by everybody but yeah. you know if you love the original you're always only going to play that and if you like where it is now you're never going to be interested in the original yeah you know? yeah absolutely but no, so i think for me it's been interesting because i've kind of played the new version of the game mm. and that's what i've been kind of into 
but when the classic uh, version launched until more recently i've kind of wanted to play that more and kind of have been playing that more and that's simply because with every expansion there's normally a content drought between expansions so the last patch of an expansion yeah before the pre-patch of the next expansion there's normally like a six month to an eight month gap where there's no new content there's nothing new right so sometimes it's a year depending on the expansion cycle and right now we don't know how long this content drought is going to be so i've been filling that content drought with the classic version of the game which i didn't play yeah because right? i joined the game when it was a lot more retail was a lot closer to the, what it is now um so i wanted to experience what that classic version of the game that everyone keeps saying oh it's really good uh, has been saying for years but okay why what about it is it right why is it there and i would say right now with playing both they're different they're different they suit different audiences Right, and that's why I think Activision or Blizzard has been very, very smart regarding business sense. Mm. Is they're they're winning on both sides because they're giving the clients or the customers who want the retail experience the retail experience, and they're giving the people who want the classic and vanilla experience the vanilla experience at the same time. So, so just for those of us like me who have no idea what World of Warcraft is about, what are the differences between the two games? I mean, to me, it sounds like a, a wizard-type, Dungeons & Dragons-type game, and I couldn't probably be further off the mark. But uh, It's a massive multiplayer online video game that basically yeah. revolves around you create a character, you build that character to a point where it becomes more powerful, you then build it again to become more powerful, etc., 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 right? Until you become this almighty being that's a god in that world, right? Yeah. Um, what is the main difference in the game well okay there was a point in the game known as cataclysm which was the fourth expansion in the set um which basically destroyed the old world as it was right okay they redid the entire world the main reason for this from a logistical perspective was they were adding in flying into the old continent world but when they designed it back in 2004 they didn't ever plan to add flying into that map so there's areas of the map that are just empty because you're never going to, you can't get there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And in game development, you never build something that the player is never going to go to. For right. example, no there's point. a wall and there's meant to be in the law or the story. There's a city behind it. You can't see the city. You can see the hill that the city leads to. If you glitch your way through the wall, you'll see there's a hill. And then on the other side of the hill, there's nothing because why would you waste? Yeah processing resources on stuff the player is never going to see ever officially never going to see right of course there's ways and people have yeah, yeah. Games and get out because that's part of the fun right but in regards to what how are they separate one of the main things which people have said between the classic experience and the retail experience is that classic was harder but the thing is that was their perception because the thing is with this because of the way the world is now, you can find information very, very easily. Very easily. Especially when it comes to a video game where we've already done it. It was This was all being done in 2004. So everything there is to know about that game, that version of the game, is already documented. There's, yeah. Wikipedia, there's Wikipedias as long as any Wikipedia or anything. So if I need to find out where a specific thing is or a specific item is in the game, I just Google it. Or, or I've got this, or I'm going to go into this into this five-man dungeon to kill this boss. Okay, what does this boss do? Let me Google the boss. What does the boss drop? 
let me Google the boss. You know, there's a lot of that now. And so there's this being kind of this like, in some ways, joke because Blizzard has said for a long time, you think you want classic, but you don't want classic because you're going to optimize it to high hell and do all of the content in an hour. Surprise, classic came out. Every single raid that took 2004 people literally hours and hours and hours and hours to do is cleared in 45 minutes. Yeah, okay. Now, because every, everybody has the tools. Well, it's, the instructions. it's also gaps. It, it, okay, it's like having a how-to guide before you start, followed by there's not dial-up internet, you're not on a terrible computer, your internet doesn't drop out halfway through, right? Like, just in regards to just technology advancements, we are quite literally a decade and a half beyond where they were then. Yeah. Like, the idea of an internet dropping out in the middle is a very rare occurrence. It's not a, oh, I'm going to attempt to play for an hour and my internet will either decide it will or won't let me, you know? Um, or, oh, someone phoned my house. Oh, cool. My internet connection's gone. Um, I definitely remember those days. You know? So that was, you know, that was the time at 2004, 2006, you know, that was the limitations partly and also you didn't know what the bosses did because you couldn't google them no that, that information was being found out by the high-end people doing the high-end content and it was kept by them high-end people yeah it wasn't just given out because that was why they were high-end because they understood how to analyze the boss to kill it faster right they knew how to optimize that thing yeah Nowadays, you don't need to optimize it because there's been guides existing on how to kill this boss for literally a decade. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like, it's the the content is so, and also you can predict because as they release the because the way the, the patch cycle works is they slowly release content from classic. Thing is, with when they relaunched classic, is we knew what was coming because right, of course we good. know what the patch cycle is, so we know exactly what each thing opens up and then what you need for each thing right so there's a specific set of materials you need for example um everyone knew what those materials were because it wasn't a surprise surprise new content because it wasn't new right this is the and then on the other side the retail side is where you then have like new content which is like this we have no idea what this is and they blizzard can experiment and blizzard can try things because unless you know it from the testing that was done on the content, then you it's new content, right? It's right. not the same because it hasn't been done before. Normally, Blizzard try to push the boat out in regards to what they try to do every time, right? So they always try every expansion, they try to do something unique, at least one thing that's unique, right, for that expansion. That's how you they, that's how they get you to pay the money to buy the expansion because they sell you this one thing, yeah, excluding all the other things that you are expected to get, but they sell this new feature to you. Now, whether that new feature is a good or a bad idea depends on. A thousand other things, but at a core, that's their business model. Okay, all right. So, well, that's been just uh, over an hour already. And that was and that was a deep dive into gaming, which I of, of wow, of wow. Well, yeah, but also gaming uh, as a yeah, side. No. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of parallel between what WoW does and what everything else does. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you can look at Call of Duty and do the same thing. You can look at any game that's owned by any big corporation and they probably do something very similar nowadays so i take uh, it call of duty is cod then yeah 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 okay. yeah do you want me to go down the entire list <laughs> yeah go on tell me tell me because i don't know what any of these games are so uh lol is league of legends okay never heard of it 
uh, it's like um, it's what's known as a MOBA, where you choose you choose you choose a specific player and then you get to build a team to beat another team and there's etc. It, okay, it's not the kind of game I would like. Um, yep. I'm trying to think what other acronyms and stuff there is. So, so that's LOL. Yes, yeah, so you got so you got LOL, you got WoW, you got COD, um, and then most of the other ones I can think of are actually just their titles. Yeah, like for example, okay. Eve is just Eve because it's called, it's actually Eve Online, but it's just yeah, they cut Eve. off the online. Um, so it's Eve, or you know, it's you know things like Minecraft, which is literally just Minecraft, right? Like they're short enough where it makes yeah. sense, um, and that's something which I think the older games did badly was just pushing <laughs> like World of Warcraft. Why is it three words? Come on. Um, you could have called it one thing, you know, um, and then we just mean easier to roll off. But but then people are just like running them. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it just depends on the game, to be honest. Yeah, well, but, okay. but yeah. well, we'll just now that I've been educated in computers, that we'll leave it there. And uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. No worries. Cool. It's good fun. <laughs>